Hear that? It's the call of the Crave. And when the Crave calls, you know what to do. Try the $5 Bacon Bundle, because the only thing better than a White Castle slider is a White Castle slider topped with crispy hickory smoked bacon. So pick any two of either the Bacon Cheese Slider, 1921 Bacon Cheese Slider, or Chicken Bacon Ranch Slider, and also get a small fry for just $5 with the $5 Bacon Bundle. White Castle. Follow your Crave. Welcome back to another edition of Look Hart on Location. On Location, actually close to home, Richmond Raceway. Feels good to be back at a racetrack. My guest today, none other than seven-time champ Jimmy Johnson. Jimmy, welcome to the podcast. Good Thanks, luck. Buddy. I yeah. think that's what I've been telling everybody. Good luck. There's no telling what could happen. So uh, I came up here to talk to you about the marathon. I think that has to be the, the biggest thing. So today is Saturday. This will post on Tuesday. So you'll have already have run. But let's talk about a marathon. What is were you thinking when you said, hey, I'm going to sign. So so let's put this in perspective. You've always been a fitness guy. Not always. Let's start there. When did you become this fitness guy that rode bikes and did everything? Because when you started yeah. at Hendrick, you weren't a fitness no, guy. No, no. I was pretty good at drinking beer yeah. um, and and taking in I'm a full NASCAR that, so. experience. You know, for me, you know, I grew up racing motocross. And when I was getting started and really kind of started traveling nationally, um, my sponsor, Suzuki, who I rode for, was like, hey, you know, you need to start working out. So um started running a little then it was kind of in my life then through my early off-road years but then once i got into stock car racing um i i just I, it all ended i had to figure out how to go stock car racing and i literally rode in the transporter from track to track worked in the shop um tore cars apart put them back together and my lifestyle just changed right and, and my habits changed and Fast forward, you know, a couple years in ASA. Then you look at my two years in the uh, Bush Grand National Series. Um, I was just all in on learning stock cars. Uh, my fifth year ever in a stock car was my first year at Hendrick Motorsports, which is hard to even believe. <laughs> so which was a long time ago. It was a long time ago now. <laughs> but, you know, I just got off course and wasn't into it. And it took some friends to pull me back onto a mountain bike that kind of light, you know, lit that fuse for me again. And once I got back into it and made it part of my regular routine, you know, I've, I've been diehard with it ever since. But now you're not on a bike. Now you're on shoes. Yes. How's that transition gone? It is a painful experience. I have much more res- mad respect for any and all runners, especially lifelong runners. It is an abusive way to get your fitness in. Very effective. But uh, through this journey over the last, you know, four months essentially, I've uh, I've, I've spent a lot of r- a lot of time in a PT office or PT room. Oh, getting, that's getting never therapy. good. Yeah. What's got you? The IT band? That's like the my my sister does triathlons and she has IT band issues. So. Yeah, the IT band had me for three weeks and I kept work having it worked on locally. You know where the IT issue where mm-hmm. the pain was coming from, and ultimately some dry needling up on my hip and glute is what turned it loose. Um, was it magical? Like when it went away? It's, I just I got off the table five minutes later and I was like, it's gone. Like oh. it fixed me. So it was so <laughs> relieving. But just shows you how many muscles are pulling in different directions and. You know, way up here on my hip was affecting something down on my knee. So, uh, like, how many miles are we talking to run? I mean, I know the event's 26.2. How many months have you been training? How many mi- Like, how many miles have you? You're a Strava guy, right? So yep. how many miles have you logged in preparation for this? Since the uh, turn of the new year, it's, been, it's like 785 miles I've run. Just to be um, clear, that's about 600 more than I've done on my bike. <laughs> Just to really make it feel better about myself, you run 785 running. Yeah, and I, I knew at Homestead that um, 
I knew the dates would work out. I had I didn't sell it through it management yet, which would be my wife. Mm. So, but I started some running then, and kind of through the winter, stayed active with some running, and then got the green light from the boss, and uh, and, and you know hired my trainer who right. I used in Charlotte, Jamie Hahn, who you know, and got started kind of like January fifth. Um, and then, you know, we worked our way up from probably like 30 mile weeks up to a handful of 50 mile weeks. And then we were trying to work our way to hundred mile weeks. And I, I never, never got there. I made it to 80, I think four, four times, got injured three of the four times. And then the fourth time I, I got a cold and was out for Oof. a week. So, um, I'd certainly found kind of my limitations in running and some barriers there that, uh, that my body physically couldn't get through. Right, right. You get to a limit. I'm trying to fix our buzz here. I don't know if I'm going to be successful or not. This is what happens when you put a production guy on the technical side. <laughs> so let, let's talk. You're a tinker. You're a race car guy, right? So when your performance needs to change on the racetrack, there's a car involved running. There's what? Shoes, hydration. Like, I, I know you just didn't go into this cold turkey. Yeah. What have been the advantages you're looking for? Like, I know you're partnering with Gatorade. I've seen you on social media doing a lot of work with those guys. Two, two feet touch the ground, like, do you go through yeah. different shoes? Like, how does this work for 26 totally. miles? I mean, I have shoes I like at the racetrack, and <laughs> I'm not on my feet that much, so. Yeah, no, it's been it's been a fun experience to look at myself as the vehicle and, and work on anything right. and everything I can. And first and foremost, Gatorade and their Gatorade Performance um, Science Institute and the, the data that I got from them, I learned my sweat volume. Who knew you were a sweater? What's in my sweat, yeah. I mean, in a mild environment, I lose 54 ounces an hour. Do you think that'll carry over? So, so Absolutely. I, on a serious question, right? Like, well, we talked about fitness in a race car. No one ever tested that that I know of, right? But now that you know that, do you think you'll approach even driving differently? Yeah, it explains a lot. I mean, it, it explains my Here at Richmond. I remember that one with, night here at yes, Richmond. Sir. Man, you were in bad shape. I was shape. in bad shape with, with cramping, hydration, the, amount, the volume that I need, then also the amount of salt that's, that I'm losing, mm -hmm. just the way my DNA and makeup of my body is. So uh, the information's been been global for me and what I do for my day job and, f and what I like to you know do on the side so um, Gator their, their uh, Gatorade endurance product is what works best for me which I found which is which has been been very very good and kind of off-the-shelf product that works for me um, working with their folks and the, the information I just shared looking at shoes there's a bunch of new shoe technology <laughs> and I don't have a deal with any shoe person um, but that's the, the way to be the, the fastest, best you could get the, the best you can get the fastest shoe out there doesn't my my stride doesn't work with it so oh, okay. i'm kind of bummed but um so i'm on on a shoe that i know i can make 26 miles in um yeah let's be clear finishing would be my first finishing goal. is the first goal yeah but then you know it's so important with with the, with running fast is a structured workout week and having a trainer with experience and somebody that kind of walks you through that um and in the the gist of it is you, know, you spend the majority of your week at a lower heart rate just running those base miles and then a couple times a week you need to, to get uncomfortable and really get in that anaerobic area and that took me from being a nine minute mile runner when I first started years back to I hope to average a 655 for a marathon. I was going to ask so you're hoping to be under seven. Yes under seven would be the goal. I, I think I think realistically it'll be a low seven, but if I have the perfect day and maybe a tailwind or something like that, I can get get down below it. So I I try to sell this to my boss because the the marathon. I said what we should do is put a put a like a uh, path next to the marathon, and we should do a relay with guys like me, because I'm arguing at like a 400, maybe a half mile relay that I you know whatever that would take 
50-something guys like me, we couldn't keep up with guys like you, right? Even really? at that, <laughs> yeah, and especially not even to mention the pros. I mean, oh my gosh, when you uh, there's, I lose a little sense of their speed, right? Because you have no reference to how right. fast they're going, but they're running what four something. Yeah, they, they they're down in the the fours, um, oh boy. especially when it comes to to the see the payout window at the end when they got to go. I mean, it's just incredible to think of. So, Mike, so here's the real question: When you cross the finish line on Monday, how long do you just take off? Like, how long do you let your body rest before you jump back on training? Well, rule of thumb, especially to, to go back into that discipline and, and have your um, your performance, you need, uh, I think it's a, a week per day. I'm sorry, a week per mile that you ran. So it's it's a considerable amount of time before your body fully recovers Oof. from something like that. Um, and I might be a little off on that math. I'm trying, that's, that'd be a long time. It, it long story it's short, long. It's, it's a long time. It's long before you have your your legs back and you can push. But um, the worst thing I could do is nothing on Tuesday. Right, right. All of that lactic acid's <laughs> gonna sit. All the muscle injuries. Active recovery is the best thing for any and all. And and Tuesday I'll probably hop on the bike and get my fir- my third ride in of the entire year, which is hard to believe. That is that that's blowing <laughs> my you know mind. How much I like the pedal. I was gonna say. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So I, I'm gonna. So first of all, uh, this will be out on Tuesday. You've already run the marathon, but uh, uh, I want to tell you good luck. I have no doubt you're gonna do great. But I want to get into cycling. So I want to. So it's fair to say that you got Dale Jr. into biking. I'll take that. So then, in he basically drugged me in. I yep. think because he was looking for someone slower than him. <laughs> if you really want to know the truth, <laughs> somebody I think like, to draft behind. Yeah, he was like, he's like, man, you're big and tall and slow. You're my guy. You're my guy. So uh, so we, uh, we appreciate the cycling, but uh, you drug us out on a ride. So anybody who's listening here who gets a chance to ride with Jimmy Johnson, make sure you know what you're signing up for because he's, pat- he's so far above the normal level, he forgets what it's like to start. <laughs> so that uh, you are a very fit guy, um, but only three times on the bike. That's crazy. That's crazy. So you're looking forward to some cycling. Yep, looking for- and season's coming. You know, I've missed some good mountain bike rides and things like that, but – um, it's worth it. This is going to be a great experience. Well, so that's the marathon talk. I can't have you on here without talking a little bit of racing. Um, first of all, let's go all the way back. Um, my man Kevin on top of the pit box. So yeah. those, the listeners that don't know, Kevin was my engineer for years with Dale Jr., went to Junior Motorsports, had success. Now he's on top of the pit box. Um, I was excited when I heard the news. Uh, I think, you know, listen, you and Chad will go down in history. I think much like everybody, there's always an opportunity for change. Um, no reason to relive all that, but what's it like having Kevin? For those who don't know Kevin, he might be less talkative than Dale Jr. <laughs> like he doesn't say much. He Do doesn't. you ever get him to talk? No, I, I've uh, I, I'm, I'm working on it. Um, <laughs> there's been a few races where he says so little during the race. Um, you know, he and, and my spotter are on a different radio. He forgets channel. to talk to you. He forgets to talk to me. <laughs> And I'm like, buddy, you gotta just give me a little, <laughs> little something here. So, like, someone's still out there, right? Yeah. And you know, the when when we really get down to it, he has so much faith and trust in me. He's like, you know what you're doing out there. You don't need me in your ear, you know, telling you what to do. I'm like, man, is that way different than what yeah, I've experienced? I need a little <laughs> transition. Maybe <laughs> yeah. you could just like pace little me ground. down to this. <laughs> That's great. So he he's a super great guy, super sharp guy. I mean, he's he's awesome. I'm having a lot of fun with him. Um, you know, trying to get him to be a bit more talkative. Um, but he is so driven by data, as you well know. Oh, and, yeah. And has such a good sense of looking in that nerd box of the computer and then putting a gut feeling with it. Mm-hmm. You know, he, he's data-driven, but that's not what makes every decision. He has a very good sense of, of racing and all of his upbringing in racing kind of gives him that. Your career not only has been ultimately successful, but it has spanned. It reminds me a lot of Gordon's. 
Um, and what I mean by that is, you know, what, what Jeff started driving in the early 90s to what he retired in while they were still a NASCAR cup car, in my air quotes, they are nowhere near the same. You you are the same way, right? When I go back to Jimmy Johnson's early years, yeah. um, I remember your pass around, who was it, Bobby Labonte at the 600, right? The, yeah. the valence eight inches oh, off man. the ground. How has the transition been? Like, you know, you obviously have talent to drive, but what is it when you have to drive a certain style or a certain setup or a certain tire combination? Like, how do you stay so competitive for so long? Yeah, I, it's, you know, there, there's, uh, but my, my view on all of this is shifting some because of the lack of success we've had the last few years. And, you know, I, I never thought that, I was the ultimate reason why we won all that we did. I, I know it's a team sport, and I know that equipment plays a, a huge role in that. Um, but I, I feel like, you know, through all of the years of us winning, we had a lot of power, and the car had a lot of movement. We're taking power away, and there's less movement in the car. Right. So that, that doesn't necessarily fit well for me, and I don't think it fits well with our current mindset at Hendrick Motorsports and how we build cars mm -hmm. and what we do. Um, you know, when I look specifically at Chad, the cars were moving, as you pointed out, way back when. I mean, 8 to 10 inches, that balance would move yeah, off the ground. Yeah. And, and Chad, he controlled it better than anyone. He controlled it so well and changed the A-frames up front. Mm -hmm. and just that whole, what was required then was so different than now, and, and we nailed it. Right. So, you know, inside the car, um, you know, I, you, you go to the limit of traction. Right. And, and that's, that's just kind of where it is. Go. And what's what makes it tough now, too, is that we have everybody's data to look at with this right. SMT data. That so blew my mind. So I went to Bristol and stood on top of the truck. And I, I know that it's been out there, and I've seen it from the TV booth. But I went and stood on a competitor's truck, and they had it up. And I watched practice purely through data. Man, it, my head world, exploded. Right? Right? I was, it, it, there's no more secrets, right? No. Everything you're doing in the car, everyone in the garage can see. At any point in time. They can pull it up whenever they want it will. And it's tough because you, of course, look at the fastest car and you want to do what they're doing. Well, your car's not going to do the same thing. So it's it's interesting. It's an interesting time um, that, that we're going through. And I think more than ever, I'm I'm realizing how important, you know, the equipment you're in. Oh, and, yeah. and that collective group and what, right. it, what it's about. And... Uh, and, you know, technology just, just blows me away. We're trying to slow it down coming in the sport, but it's coming in at such a rate that you've got to stay ahead of it. Yeah, I laugh. We talk about technology in the sport. I remember traveling before cell phones. Like in early 90s, I was a tire guy, and like in 96, I got my first cell phone. Everybody, <laughs> everybody can't believe it. I'm like, oh, it was one of those little Nokia flip phones, and it was sweet. Like I went to <laughs> Daytona with that thing. I was connected to the world. So it has been a, a quite a uh, – steer in the last two or three decades. Um, I, I want to talk about you. So you're running the marathon. Um, you, you race on Sundays, but you have some pretty famous athletic friends, right? Like, so uh, Arm Lance Armstrong comes to mind. So he's run New York and Boston. Is that right? I don't know if he's, he's run, run Boston. Maybe I, just New York. I, I think he recently just did the Austin marathon. Yep. So do you lean, like when you when you tackle something like a marathon, do you call those friends? Like, do you get their input? I mean, who who do you call, or is this just a as long as the wife's okay, you're gonna give this a run? Yeah, I mean, I, I kind of look around. You know, I uh, I feel like I've been more leaning on the Gatorade resources than anything. I've okay. talked to a few of their elite athletes, uh, Molly Huddle, um, also to Chris Lee. Um, it was a former. Tr you might remember in the I think it was probably 
early 2000s, late 90s, there was a, a man, a, a, an elite male f uh, competitor that literally just crumbled at the finish line. Right. It's like painful to watch. Right. Well, that's, that's him. So <laughs> he so came he back. Knows. He knows <laughs> what failure is like. So um, an Australian guy, super cool. We had a great conversation. Um, then I've also really leaned on my, my coach that I have. He was 22-time right. Ironman competitor. Um crazy fast runners want a ton of marathons so I've, I've leaned more on local resources right. they than know. anything and i have more friends that cycle and cyclists really hate running lance might be the exception where he runs occasionally but uh the only way you're gonna you know ch uh, get george hincapie to run is if you have a gun or something you're chasing him. So, so i not that i'm a marathon runner by any stretch but i did do a little research and i talked to the only other person i know that ran the boston marathon it's going to surprise you that that's michael waltrip and this that. is the one story he told me. Someone told him when they you see the Sitco sign, you're almost there. And he said, that's a lie. Because <laughs> he said he saw the Sitco sign, and he ran for like an hour more. Now, maybe you would only run for like 30 minutes more, but he ran for like an hour more. So he don't, told me that. Don't, that's yeah, so funny. Don't let that. Uh, Must be a big sign. Oh, it is. Oh, this is Fenway Park. I mean, yeah. You can't miss it. It's up there. It's all that. Uh, I'm going to loop back. What you'll learn about my podcast is not very organized. That's the beauty of it all. Um, where do you call home? Charlotte? You're Charlotte-based Charlotte now. Girls yep. are going to school at Charlotte. Everybody's Charlotte-based. Exactly. Kids are in school in Charlotte. We tried that one winter in um, in Colorado. Loved it. Uh, but we, we knew that it wasn't going to be long-term. Mm -hmm. uh, maybe down the road it would be an option for us, but uh, right now it's Charlotte. Which, um, for anybody who's ever visited Charlotte, it's a great, it's, it's, I think it's like the perfect. So I am obviously selfish, but it's like the perfect size city. It has a lot of the good stuff, without all the bad stuff. You can get in and out. It ha you know. I agree. So can does Jimmy Johnson when you walk around? Let's start with Charlotte. Can, like, can you go out? You just a normal guy in Charlotte, or are you NASCAR star in Charlotte? Can you walk around? Yeah, I mean, people certainly know who I am. Um, where where I'm located. That's a loaded statement, though. <laughs> Be careful. <laughs> you know, it's uh, it's not you know Mooresville area, Concord area. Yeah, right, right. You know, when, when you're around the race shops in that racing environment. Um, it's it's a bit different, but in Charlotte, I mean, everybody knows who I am, but it's it's pretty chill. I mean, I I'd go tr I try to do lunch um, every Thursday with my kids at school before oh. I leave town, and you know those young kids absolutely know who I am. And that's great. The unfiltered minds that they have and the questions, it's 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 unbelievable. I'll leave the details out, but my son is actually going to that same school next year. He's transferring, so we did get in. We'll be fantastic. Um, I might be seeing you in carpool that's line a, only for a few you, months. Then my son can drive. There's there's okay. talk about you want to feel old. Wait, do you see? young Tyler wheel up in the parking lot driving himself. Well, when you're dropping him off, we can get in some morning runs or so rides or something. We'll start with a jog. <laughs> we'll start with a jog. I mean, let's just be clear. So I want to tell this story. I, when I got into cycling, and, and this this is my story to tell what kind of person Jimmy Johnson is. Unsolicited, you sent me a note that you had created on your phone about nutrition, how I should work out. And, and, and I say this story because we've been friends a long time. Tony Gibson has given you credit as a motivator to get him in better shape. I would love to tell you I got in better shape, but you gave me all the right tools to do it. What What is this passion when you see people like myself and Tony? You know, has it changed your life? Like, what is it about it? Do you feel better? Why are you so passionate when other people look to you for answers? Yeah, it, without a doubt. I know my own journey. I feel better physically, mentally. Um, you know, there's all types of science to prove what and why goes on with all that. But for me, I mean, if I, I just, I feel so much better and I've, I've seen people that I've watched their health kind of fade. I watched Tony Gibson, you know, fight through various issues. And mm -hmm. I just knew if we could get him healthy, his quality of life would improve. His, you know, his medical conditions would, like all that right, would just get right. better. 
And then I thought about it for a while, but I didn't want to insult him and approach him right. ro- in the wrong way, you know. But it, that's it, a hard it, one to break it's the a hard ice, one, right? You know. But uh, fortunately, I know Tony so well. He, he's yeah. like, yeah, buddy. You, if it's right. important to you, it'll be important to me. I'm in. And yeah. I, off we went. So um, I challenged the media center years ago in the in the uh, in Daytona to to get fit and come participate in the Jimmy Johnson Wellness Challenge that we had, and certainly changed. Um, a lot of people's mindset and their their hopefully overall fitness and, and health in general. Uh, so it, I know the implications. I know the benefits I've had, and I've just liked to share it with other people. It's just you, you know me well, and I just like to share. Yeah, no, hey, and, and and all the right stuff for sure. All the right stuff. Um, I'm not going to ask you how your golf game is because there's no way oh, you're playing man. golf, uh-uh. fitting it into all this other thing. So we only have a few more minutes left because we're here in Richmond. It's race day. I appreciate you taking the time. Let's talk about racing. So I am. My joke is, I don't think you've ever heard this firsthand, I am a TV broadcaster because of you, because you basically retired me, is, <laughs> is my joke. Um, Sorry, brother. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, I mean, 2007 was a championship run, 2008, 2009. You've had so much success. It has been a challenge, right? It's been yep. a challenge for the company, been a challenge for you spe- specifically. What is it? Like, what is the motivation each and every week to come back? Because it's exhausting, Right, like in 2007, Jeff and I, I don't know what we won, six or seven races and second points to you guys. And in 08, we went winless. And it was crushing. Yeah. Like, like it was soul-searching. Like a lot of time in the mirror to think, Can do I have any idea what I'm doing? Like last year it was so easy, and now it isn't. And now my advice to you is, is you absolutely know what you're doing. I knew what I was doing. It's just hard. That's sure. what sports are. Yep. So like – is it your kids? Is it the running? Like, what is that thing that you kind of escape from when you have to? Because everyone needs an escape. Everybody needs a shot of confidence. Yeah, I mean, I, there's kind of two pieces to it, just to be general. And and the first thing to say is I'm not done competing. That fire hasn't right. gone out. So even though it has not been fun, this is still what I want to do. Which it should. If it ever gets fun, that's the time. That's <laughs> yeah, why I tell everybody. Like, if you ever, well, if it ever, if you're ever like, if it's okay to run bad, like if it's ever, if the guy that runs fifteenth and says, Absolutely. "Oh, that was fun," I'll be like, fun. "Then you, then thanks, but you need to go find the senior tour exactly. or something else." So, I love the disappointment that someone like you shows because that tells me they have the drive to win, right? They yep. Get, no, no, you shouldn't be happy with just okay. No, no, we're we're not, and that fire still is is absolutely there. Um, when it's when it fades, then that's time to step down. But that's right. not now. And you know, it has been a very big learning experience for me. And I, when I think back to my, you know, my start in in NASCAR or stock cars, I didn't have this just amazing career. You know, in 2002 with Chad Knauss, my life in racing really started. And I I had you know, from 06 to 2010, winning five in a row and all that's happened, that that has just been such a magical point in time. But that's not how I've spent the majority of my career right. racing. It's been hard for me. I, I've, I've always been slow to pick things up, slow to learn. Um, you know, I, I'm looking back now, I think my, my optimistic point of view maybe slows down how quick I can turn things around when they're going bad because I'm, I'm, I'm happy and optimistic about it, maybe not as truthful as I need to be with the team and the group of what the problems are. Right. Um, you know, Harvick, one bad race, everybody's going to hear about it and know about it, right, and things start to happen. So I'm, I'm not sure if he makes my job easier or harder, <laughs> but, man, there's a, there's a lot of content there I'm for sure. I'm trying to figure out how to do that in, in my own way. That's better, right. right. That's and, right. And fix, get these solutions going, moving quicker. Um, so, you know, through it all, I, I'm only getting stronger with what I'm experiencing. Yeah. And 
as we are getting better and the cars become so much easier to drive and all of a sudden we're running well, it's like, oh, hey, you remembered how to do it. Right. No, no, uh-uh. we made the car better. Yep. So, and, and I am part of that problem. I am, I'm one of the leaders on that 48 team that make that car go. So I'm not putting blame anywhere else. No, no, that, that's what I think people don't understand about the net. Like, like when the cars aren't good, the cars have to get better, but as a driver, you have to be part of that process. Absolutely. And, and the, the crew chief has to be smart enough to ask the right question. There's a lot to that puzzle. Yes. That jigsaw puzzle becomes very complicated. Very complicated. And, and and when you put emotion in the middle of it, it becomes even harder. Yep. And that's where Chad and I were so emotional. We just weren't we, we weren't going to be able to get through that. Right. Um, anymore. You know, we, well, we you guys, let's be clear, though. You set the bar for your – you guys are your own worst enemy. Yeah. I mean, you didn't come out and win a championship, right? You can win five. You set the bar so high that arguably, looking back in hindsight, it would be impossible for the you know, like mm-hmm. it'd be impossible for the expectations not to be there. Not to be so there. that's fair. Yep. I will tell you, I love my job on TV, but one of the hardest jobs I have is when I feel it necessary to criticize someone like you. Um, a, we're friends. B, you did so much for my career, but in the end, I feel like I work for the fan. And, and whether you like what I have to say or Chad or Kevin or whomever, my opinion, popular or unpopular, is what I'm up there to give. Um, but that's without a doubt the hardest part of my job when it's time to, to criticize. Oh, I can only imagine. When you have to receive it, how do you receive it? Do you ignore it? Do you read it? Are you one of these people that sign up where I'm a believer that there's a little bit of truth in every statement? You can't read that you're the greatest. You can't believe you're the, the worst. But there's probably a little truth yeah. to all of that. When it is, we kind of talk about what you and Kevin and the team are trying to do, but how about the real world, right? You hear, I'm not sure social media is the real world, but <laughs> people, uh, broadcasters might sell, you know, is it fair that someone like, I haven't won seven championships you know, how do you take that criticism? Is it fair that, that we criticize someone like you? It's it's inevitable. It's going to happen. I mean, we all deal with it. We all we all have it. Um, I, it's not my phone, for the record. <laughs> Whoever's ringing, it's piping in. It's Jimmy's phone. That's making me feel better. You better it get really? it. It's your wife. Oh, you better get it. We can edit that out. Okay. Oh, it's FaceTime. We're going to FaceTime Shani on the podcast. My kids are at a um, horse show. Oh, that's A plus. Probably Jeff Burton told me don't ever get your children into horses. I took that to Hi honey. I'm doing an interview. How are you? Hi Lydia. <laughs> Hi. Good job. Is this breaking news? Can we make this public that she won? <laughs> I mean, this is spectacular. Let me give you some more details on it. Hi Evie, how are you? Good job, honey. Great job. All right. Well there's there's Mr. Latart. I'm doing an interview with him. Let me I'll call you back here in a bit. All right. Bye. I think we just had the most interesting podcast ever right there. <laughs> Horse show. She won? Horse show. Well, they have this lead rope follow for yep. the little kids. Every kid got a blue ribbon. Hey, listen. So there's 15 under. Hey, how old one. is she, though? Five. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. And then the eight-year-old was in a proper um, mm-hmm. competition and got fourth. See, I think it's funny that we're talking about the criticism and because that was me, right? So when I was at my my toughest points, that was the best part to me is I went home one day this is actually how it went. Um, in 2009, Jeff and I won Texas, and it was our first win in a long time. Big moment. And I went home, and my son goes, Dad, how'd you do? And I was like, we won. He's like, oh, cool. <laughs> and I realized it wasn't the bad times. that are, It was the, on a win that I realized. I was like, you know what? He doesn't care that uh-huh. we won. Our, and my point is, as long as I was doing my part, it was easy to get through. But we were talking about the yeah. critics. I mean, 
like I said, it's hard to give it. I feel like I have to give it. How do you how do you receive it? Do you try to ignore it? Do you try to use it as motivation? Like what's because I've heard all the stories yeah. from all these great athletes, Michael Jordan, whoever they are. What's Jimmy Johnson do with the criticism? You, you try to ignore it, but it finds its way in. We all know it I mean, has you, to, right? You do your your best. Yeah. You know the the uneducated point of view. The uh, you know. The one that where people think that I've just given up on racing or that athletics are more important than the car. It's just, just Those are easy blocks it's on just Twitter. Stupid. Well, I, I don't block anybody. I don't know oh, why. Really? Maybe they make my so life I'm easier. So I'm team block. Dale Jr. I, I mutes. One. I block. Zero. Oh, buddy. Nobody. You got to give me that phone. I'm going to make your <laughs> life so much simpler. So it, to me, it's the, the uneducated point of view. Um you know, I deserve criticism. I, I'm out there in, in a sport and, you know, I've enjoyed all the rewards that come yeah. with success. So I, I, I should be exposed to the other side, too. Mm-hmm. So it, it's, you know, it, you, I don't have a clean answer on it all. But, there, yeah, some, some of it, it's not clean. Some of it gets to you. Some of it doesn't. Some of it falls in the motivation bucket. It, it's just all over the place. How about Kevin? And I say that because um, I grew up around guys like you. You guys helped me thicken my skin, right? But Kevin... Why he's? I think he's the right guy. I would put my vote in the hat that he's absolutely the right guy. You know, you're not Elliot Sather. You're right. not Junior Motorsports. Right? I mean, yep. whoever was going to take Chad's desk was going to have criticism For regardless. Sure. One of the best things about him, he is not on social media. I was going to say, not let's anywhere. be clear. He doesn't anywhere. talk to anybody. <laughs> so, and, and then he does have, you know, this ability and in, in I was really impressed with his um, remarks early when we made the announcement and how mm-hmm. he handled things. Um, and I thought, all right, you made some very, very good reactions and comments there. We'll see how, how right, you hold right. up to the test. And, man, he just runs his race. He does his thing. He's doing a great job. Yeah, I always enjoyed working with him because of that confidence. I always enjoyed working with you until you beat me, which was most of the time. <laughs> so we have stat guys in the booth, and Russell, the stat guy, he pulled up how many seconds I had to Jimmy Johnson. I can't remember the number, but it did make me tear up just a little bit. <laughs> um, that's a compliment to you. Appreciate um, it. I appreciate the time today. Uh, like I said, this will come out after the marathon. You've already run it, but good luck in the marathon. Good luck in the rest of the season. Uh, sounds like the girls are having fun with what they're doing. I'm confident you're going to go back to Victory Lane. Um, selfishly, it doesn't have to be in the NBC half. You can go ahead and get it out of the way, but you're going to have to win in the NBC half so we can, we'll can come Hang out of the booth and come down and see you perhaps have an adult beverage if you're not training for another uh, 26.2 now you, miles. You've got to celebrate the wins. All right, all right. <laughs> That's it. That's Jimmy Johnson. This is another episode Thanks, of Lotart on location from Richmond International Raceway. As always, uh, it's available on all your podcasting areas. Subscribe, rate, and review. Let us know what you think. Thanks. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939.